With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey everyone, my name is Danilo Petrovic. I'm Ilya Marchenko. I'm Dennis Kuda. I'm Evgeny Donskoy. I'm Henry Laksana. I'm Peter Turepko, and, and you're listening to the Game to Love podcast. I'm going to just jump straight to it then. I well, think Rafa Nadal is going to win this year's Australian Open. It's going to be Daniel Medvedev. I think he, he came close last year. He won the US Open on hard court. And that's what I think. I think Daniel Medvedev turned the corner in Grand Slams now. I don't know how he's going to beat Medvedev in that final, but I'm going to be cheering him on. If he's there, I want to be full gun blazing supporting him. But let's go Rafa, let's get 21. Welcome back, tennis fans. Here we are the day after the, well, the night before for us. It is uh, Rafa Nadal, 21 Grand Slam titles. And now he leads the way uh, above Novak Djokovic and Roger Federer after claiming his second Australian Open title in dramatic fashion. People were saying, ah, it's all over. He's two sets of love down. But never count out the Spanish ball because he came back 
and won in five hours. And I think it was something like 13 or 30 minutes, something like that. I've lost track. I'm lucky I've even got a night's sleep. How are you doing, JG? <laughs> I'm feeling like an, a million dollars. You could even say a billion dollars. Top of the world right now. I had a nice eight hours sleep. I'm recovered, fully fit, healthy, excited. This is a podcast. Usually we prepare all the tweets and we go through them all. We order them. We have a little talk backstage, talk about how we're going to go through it. None of that today because there's so much to talk about. Rafael Nadal has just won his 21st Grand Slam, his second Australian Open, defying the odds. The AI, artificial intelligence, had Medvedev to win 96%. They gave Rafael Nadal 4% chance. He was love 40, trading 3-2 in the third set. He looked down and out. I had zero faith, and I I don't think I'm ever going to forgive myself for that. Um... I know you scored me on the stream because you, you made me look like a complete mug, if I'm honest. I called you delusional saying that Rafa could win in five. Look at me now. And I tell you what, it's taught me a massive lesson in life. We're going to get into the tennis, but let's just talk about the fundamentals of what's happened. He come yeah. back from a position, it didn't seem feasible to be able to win the match. And, and he did that. So that should you, if, if people can look at that and take that into all their walks of life of never giving up, never die attitude then I think um, you're going to always do well in life. Yeah, and fighting to the end is the key here. Like, he's never, ever out of a match. And that was the thing I kept reiterating in that final. If you think Rafa Nadal, even if he was five love down with facing three match points in the third set, he's still in the match. And that's the thing with these. And that goes with the same for, for all those big three players as well. They are... they're there for a reason they never give up and we just got to see the prime example of it and i didn't i wanted an epic five setter i didn't realize i was we were going to get one of the most epic finals i think i've ever seen in my whole entire life i didn't realize rafa was going to bring me to tears for from well, just what, i'm glad this... you started let's start with that was you actually crying because it, i was it's all a bit of a blur to me but it sounded like you was fully crying yeah on the street man at i did it was not even just a match point at two sets all. Yeah. I think I lost. I, I lost when you hit the intro. I it took me through everything that Rafa's actually been through to get to the tournament, and I actually started to really feel like I have that same. The only time I've I feel this same way is when I've seen like Andy Murray and his horrible journey that he's been on and that type of thing, and when he finally. When I see him on court breaking down, it really gets to me like when I see Andy Murray getting that. And I don't get that with many other players. And that was the first time that I actually felt something like that for Rafael Nadal. He he sort of turned he turned me in that match. And, the, and there was a piece of me that I was like, oh, my God, I'm actually. And you heard me. I'm like, he's doing it. He's yeah. doing it. I was felt like I felt like I was going to I was like, this is incredible. I don't know what I'm witnessing right now. He's actually doing it. And. Even though I said, oh, will it be the repeat of like the the Medvedev when he beat him in the like the reverse of when he beat that and then Medvedev win the fifth? 2019 US Open. I think we know that when Rafa's just won two sets on the bounce coming back from two sets down, your brain's telling you only one thing. He's going to do it. (laughs) He's actually, it's like a steam train coming at you. He's like a ball. He's storming towards you. 
and then I just knew in my head he's doing it now. I just couldn't believe it. I was like, literally, I mean, I was it doesn't I'd... happen often. I think the last time Rafa won from two sets down was 2007. But correct me if I'm wrong on that stat. Uh, just something I'm trying to remember. And also, if anyone wants to share any stats throughout this podcast, feel free to put them in the live chat. There's so many to go through. We do have some tweets, but I'm sure we've missed loads of good ones as well. So if you have a cool stat, share it. There's just so many with Rafa um, and especially this match. Um, and I, I felt similar. So for me, after we pressed that intro to go into the fifth set, it was extremely emotional. Um, as you know, yeah. I, I left the stream a little bit before. I was feeling very unwell. In normal times, I wouldn't return. I just had something come over me. I thought, I have to do this. This is the biggest one of the, well, for me personally, being a Rafa fan, this is the biggest moment of my tennis life. Uh, the biggest match him go for 21, well. Coming from where he's going to get Daniel Medvedev. And I just had to go through it. When I come off the stream, I don't know if I've told you, but I threw up. Um, I was worse for wear. I wasn't in a good place at all. I come back and I just had, a, I don't know, I felt some some kind of spirit come over me. I thought, let's let's go through this. And what he showed in that fifth set was just magical, man. I remember the point where I think it was two all uh, advantage. He hit that big, I think he set up for advantage on two all. And it was just a big forehand and the crowd went crazy. He did a little fist pump. It was just special, He was man. just trying to get him going, though, wasn't it? I think he was trying to get himself going as well. And that was the thing. I know that you said, oh, I'm being I'm delusional, but I actually feel like I was suffering from some sort of delusion. I'd had about three hours sleep. Uh, I hadn't eaten. And I'd, the whole accumulation of three weeks of being on Australia time and then a seven-hour no, seven stream we were doing, by the end... I don't know. I didn't know where I was. I didn't know what was going. All I was, I was just immersed in this sort of soap opera we were watching on the court. And it was just, it was almost like it was meant to be. It was just like the, the end of a, an amazing movie where just that was the ending. It was just like that, that was always destined to happen. And you didn't expect the ending sort of thing. And then when you saw it, it was just overwhelming. And I think even for someone like me, and I don't get emotional when, like, Rafa wins normally. Never. No. Never have well, we had before. Jamie there with a super chat saying, we've converted Ben to a Rafan. Uh, just love to see it. And I know Jamie loves it too. I saw, well, there's so many great comments in the, in the in the live chat. Shout out to everyone here. If you haven't already hit the like button, you got Kaz saying, hi, guys. Have you recovered from the excitement? I've watched it today just to check. Uh, I did not dream it. <laughs> it does <laughs> like seem a it. bit I like, like a dream. And there's one thing I've not been able to do, and that's watch sort of a, an extended high. Oh, I've seen I've seen highlights, but I want to watch a, the. A, I think there's an extended highlights version which I've not been able to have the time to watch yet. So I need to really go through that. I've been listening to the two press conferences in depth, and I watch sort of the mini highlights. But for me, this match to show it justice, you need to watch like an hour highlights if it's possible. Just oh, something a bit extended. Uh, or maybe I might even watch the whole match if I ever ever have a five hour spare, which is unlikely. <laughs> Good um, one with that. But yeah, let's yeah. let's go through some of the tweets anyway. Here we go. Rafa reigns again. There you go. <sighs> there image, he is, man. Um, when I see this image, I just the one thing I think of is just kind of disbelief. I know I did predict him to win this event in the bracket. John did say it quite nicely on this on the Silk Report. I've got to hold my hands up. Did I really believe it when I was doing it? Not quite. Um, so I can't really take too much praise for it. It was more of a heart move. Um, I'm going to be honest there. Don't get me wrong. I feel like he's always in the hunt and I gave my reasons for it. Um, 
but he didn't have to play Zverev. He still beat Medvedev in the final. Medvedev is the ultimate player to beat right now. So, yeah. yeah I, just, I, I just mate, think this guy was not going to be playing tennis and he was close to retirement a few months ago. I wasn't sure if he's going to be playing any tennis, let alone the Australian Open. His worst slam, the one he doesn't do very well at. He's already lost uh, a few finals here before. Yeah. So much disappointment. I've seen a few images as well. I don't know if it's on one of the tweets. We've got Djokovic sort of handed in the water bottle and one of the defeats in the final. Um, and then the other def- final where you got, uh, I think the more recent one, was it 2017 with Federer there? Yeah. While he's talking, and you can just see like a very sad um, Nadal in the background. This time it was Medvedev who was to be sad. Yeah. And we will be talking about Daniel Medvedev because he, yeah. he told a very uh, interesting story in his yeah. press conference. But let's save that for the end of the podcast. Let's talk about Rafael Nadal. Um, we're not going to focus too much on the the, tech, the the tactics and all the analysis of the match because I feel like we'll be here all day, if I'm honest. We'll drop in some bits here and there. I think I want to talk about more what this now means for tennis and what it means now for Nadal, the first time in his career, to be leading the Grand Slam record. Yeah. Only two behind sort of Serena Williams, who's got the most um, yes. special man. And the most on the men's, of course. I thought, uh, well, one of the interesting things that I was sort of thinking about, because it's been a taken, well, it's not, it feels like I've had to take a long time to try and digest sort of what happened and try and think about it from like a sort of outside perspective as well, just, just, just to try and come back down to earth and try and think like, all right, there was a lot of emotion going on there. Let's try and analyse the match and how it played out and look at it from more of an objective perspective, uh, so to speak. And there's going to be a lot of, I've seen a lot of people already coming out and they're sort of saying, oh yeah, well, he only won it because Novak wasn't there. I actually think that if Novak was there, this would have still been a really, really tough match. If he'd have had to play Rafael Nadal, look, Daniel Medvedev beat Novak straight sets in the last Grand Slam final, and he got to the final last time, and it's always a close match between those two. This was a close match between these two, and it seems like, I I mean, you can't really say he would definitely beat anyone like Novak, but I think that there was just something... tennis match doesn't quite work like that. The reason being, Zverev slipped up, never beaten a top 10 player in a Grand Slam. Djokovic would have been in that semi-final, let's be honest. Yeah, and he would have played sure. Rafael Nadal. For sure. So, therefore, most likely Nadal would have had to beat in Djokovic and then Zverev. So, there's a, no, Djokovic, then yeah. Medvedev, sorry. Yeah, I and mean, so it would have been tough. It's dynamic altogether, but we can't really talk about that. Nah, and I've seen a lot of talk about uh, Djokovic and other sort of fans saying some really strange, bizarre things. But let's, I think we should save that thought for later on as well when we get to one of the tweets. Mm. Uh, just before we do, though, we've got Jamie in the chat saying, what blows my mind? Uh, cheers for the super chat. Cheers. Is he's past Federer, the guy he chased his his whole career? Yeah, it does seem like it, I've not really thought about that yet. It is mad the fact that he now is just leading. He's overtaken Federer. Federer is no longer at the top. I feel like Federer, for as long as I've been alive, has always been the guy at the top. Yeah, uh, no, he's they've all been chasing him. This is the thing; they've all managed to get level. But now the first time we've seen someone push past. Everyone's expecting Novak to do it as well. I, I, I'm pretty certain that he probably will if he does play a few more slams. But Rafa's the first guy. And that was sort of the original uh, rivalry, wasn't it? The Federer-Nadal rivalry. That, And it's just... I'm I'm glad because we got Federer actually came out and actually like put a, put a statement out as well. I've got it in one of these tweets. And Novak did as well. So let's have a look at what Federer was saying to him. 
So what a match to my friend and great rival, Rafael Nadal. Heartfelt congratulations on becoming the first man to win 21 Grand Slam titles. A few months ago, we were joking about uh, both being on crutches. Amazing. Never underestimate a great champion. Exactly right. And uh, yeah, your incredible work ethic, dedication and fighting spirit and inspiration to me and countless others around the world. I'm so proud to share this era with you and honored to play a role in pushing you to achieve more. As you have done for me in the past 18 years, I'm sure you have more achievements ahead. But for now, enjoy this one. What a lovely message. Yeah. Yeah, it's classy. It's what something yeah. you'd expect from Roger Federer. Um, it was a it was a really nice one. And to be equal as well, I thought Djokovic one was pretty nice as well. Yeah, no, the I, Djokovic one. It was, it, was, it was instant. He spoke about uh, Ashley Barty and instantly congratulated Rafa as well, saying congratulations to Rafa Nadal, 21st Grand Slam, amazing achievement, always impressive fighting spirit that prevailed another time. Um, well, this is a bit of Spanish. Enhorabuena. Yeah, there you go. Um, Medvedev, and he tagged the wrong Medvedev here. Uh, that's not actually Medvedev's app. Is it not? <laughs> Just some random Faked guy. <laughs> but yeah, he did he did correct it afterwards and gave it his all out there and played with the passion and determination we have come to expect from him. And listen, Medvedev's gonna be in these situations many times. Unfortunately for him, it's his second plate in a row in Australia, and he just didn't seem too pleased. He's not someone who takes defeat very well. And um we saw that in his press conference as well, just seemed very bitter and angry about it and talking about a lot of external factors on yeah. Rafa there though what sort of emotions must be going through his mind on the brink of just not sure if he can still play he gets out there wins in five and uh, Medvedev was also saying on court are you not tired he was I think he was surprised with how Rafa fought back like it, it kind of really took him back and shocked him because you've got to remember with Medvedev when he goes up in that situation of two sets up, really looking comfortable, the younger guy, he must have thought in his head, you know what? I've basically done this now. And I know you can never really think that playing tennis, especially against one of the big three. But I think he did at one point think, I've won this, you know. I, he didn't believe Rafa could get back, like all of us didn't. Uh, the only man who I feel did, believed it was probably Rafael Nadal. And that's why he said that really brilliant quote. I know he swore in it as well along the lines of, can you remember it? I know John Silk said it. I don't oh, know if man, I've sent it. It was a really good quote. Let me know in the live chat if you've got it, uh, word for word. But he was just talking about, oh, I just don't have it. I'm not sure. I did send it to you. I'm not sure if you've got it. I can try and bring it up on another tab. I don't want to just start flicking through all of them. That's all. I know it'll just start looking a very messy. Uh, I just think that he, he, I agree with you. He's probably one of the people who thought, who knew he could come back. I do slightly agree that Medvedev may have take, taken his foot off the gas a little bit. But I don't think he necessarily did big time. I'm not even saying that. I think Medvedev's level didn't really drop massively. We saw a few uncharacteristic errors, but that happens in tennis. I thought Medvedev was amazing. Yeah, um, he was. He was yeah, incredible. Here we go. 12 travel, 21. Cheers, mate. Saying, I might lose. He might win, but I can't give up. Yeah, definitely. No giving up is... Rafael Nadal down to a T. Absolutely love it about him. And that just doesn't go just for this match. That goes for his career in general. And that was the one thing leading up all the way through, even when we did the draw preview, that type of things before the tournament. I've just been so impressed. And I've said it many times over and over that 
he is just a role model for somebody who proves that you can be injured, you can be out of the sport for quite some time, and you still can come back to the top of the sport again. And I think it's just admirable that he's and he's sort of he's he's earned it. And no one can deny the fact that Rafa Nadal's worked his socks off his whole career to try and be at the top of the pile. And finally, he has got the most grand slams. And it's due to hard work, nothing else. Yeah, agreed. Cheers, Jamie, for another super chat. He says two Cheers, guys Medi struggled with this tournament, but both trained by Tony Nadal. Coincidence? Of course, Felix and Rafa. Maybe Tony's got the magic medicine, the magic source wow. on how to beat Daniel Medvedev. But Felix didn't quite get there. He got match point, but not close. No cigar. Very close. Uh, let's move on to the next one. Yeah, I was going to say so this, this one. Point. Oh, here we go. This I did say this last time Rafa came back to win a match was two sets to love down was in 2007 it's a good one yeah on. yeah then 2007 yes this one oh sorry this one's ricky diamond saying uh rafa nadal winning a record 21st grand slam title at 35 years old coming back from two sets down three two love 40 in the third uh and physically wearing down a 25 year old <laughs> ranks number two in the world after more than five hours is quite simply the most amazing feat in tennis history i don't disagree to be is it, honest is it, is it a bigger comeback than roger federer when he come back in 2017 and won i think it is yeah like and people are probably going to say well but what about novak at roland garros last year as well he came back from two sets he had that long 12 minute game in the third set nah, but, but you sort of expected it's you sort of expected Djokovic to do it that's what with, I mean with the word comeback John said this as well there's so many ways you can look at the word comeback he came back in the set he come back from his injury he's yeah, come back to life he seems to be serving good there's a few double faults as well from Rafa which worried me throughout um, I must say they come at some dodgy times just still found a way and it's there was never like a a dropped level for a long period though and i think that was the key in that match is the first two the first set he didn't look particularly great rafa fair enough second set slightly better third set i think it, there was a, the smaller dips but there were signs of life coming from rafa he started going for a lot more shots there was an extra 10 15% on every forehand and he was trying to actually hit winners past medvedev and he, medvedev was struggling to get a lot of them back he was scampering side to side and once he once he managed to grab that set after that losing position i just there was just that feeling it was like a little it was a flame that it was ignited inside him you just saw like that right it's on now i've got one set i can definitely get another set if i've got that set it's just point by point game by game that's how he played it. And it was worked perfectly. And he just didn't Medvedev massaged like after every like changeover. Rafa's there jogging back out. I think <laughs> like, that was mind that? games though, because he was oh, yeah, for sure. on his feet at the end of it. Um do you think he, he was even even said afterwards he struggled to celebrate because he was so tired. But think how much mental strength that takes to just to try and put your opponent in like put your fatigue aside just to say I'm gonna pretend I'm bitter than you to get in your head just to jog out onto court when you're getting oh, man, massaged. It's, it's inspirational, man. It's a crazy. reason um, it's going <laughs> to push crazy. me on for my whole life. I'll never, ever forget Rafael Nadal for as long as I live. I'm sure a lot of people are the same. And I'm using him as a tool of motivation for every walk of life. Just some of the other comebacks, man. If you go, go back to that tweet, we've got Leon here, Serena 2007, Australian Open. That was another oh, big one. comeback. And then Roger, 
the one I spoke about in 2017. No, this is the last tweet. Here we go. The comeback one. one. Yeah, so Roger faced four or five opponents from the top 10 in 2007 Australian Open. Don't get me wrong. They're both valid. And that's why I asked Ben the question, what he thought. I know he's a big Roger fan, um, but he's gone for Rafa. I told you, he's, he's a Rafa fan now. You can't you can't change him. He's going to be supporting Rafa on the Dow in every event going forward. I've already sent him my Rafa T-shirt. I've signed it for him. <laughs> um, <laughs> and he's listen, he's a full-out Rafa. And he's changed his bed sheets to all Spanish flags. He's bamosing after every sentence at work today. He's a new man, new Ben. No longer boring Ben. It's now Rafa Ben. Rafa, oh, mate. Don't. I thought we are going to be in, oh, on ben your bandwagon. Ben. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ridiculous. I, I, I'd say, even if I am a bigger fan of Rafa Nadal, there's no way I can ever eclipse your fandom of Rafa Nadal that is still. Uh, right at the summit of the Everest of uh, Rafa, Rafa fans, that's for sure. Um, I thought it was quite interesting. There was an <laughs> I was having doing a little bit of research before this, only to find out that Medvedev, not the only Medvedev to have lost from two sets up in a Grand Slam final. Uh, Andre Medvedev lost to Andre Agassi from two sets to love up in the French Open final in 1999 oh, wow. as well. So Andre wow. Agassi defeated him there. So that's quite an interesting stat. I thought wow. another Medvedev suffering some pain in the Grand Slam final again. Very interesting. That's why we have you on the podcast, Ben, an older soul to bring some of the older stats. <laughs> that's <laughs> it, mate. Bit of the Agassi love. Go. The... 12 Travel Twin, I'm bringing it up as well. There uh, you let's go. move on now. And we've got yeah, Jamie that's... saying, yeah, sorry, Ben's even going to be writing a Rafa song. On the Rafa song... Um, ben was telling me earlier, I let him talk about it, but he said he couldn't stop thinking about anything else but lyrics. Literally. He was so emotional. All he wanted to do was write lyrics and get a song out. So I can confirm a rapper song will be coming very soon. It's coming. It's going to be, I don't know, it's an emotional sort of inspirational style song. So just, uh, yeah, get a box of uh, tissues by you. Just ready for that one because it's going to be a bit of a, a tearjerker maybe for some. Hopefully if I can get a, a good uh, edit on the video as well. There'll be a lot of uh, Rafa fans out there. They'll yep. bring, it, bring all the emotions back again. So, right, let's move on through these. Oh, this one, really nice photo. Yes, listen, um, I don't think you need to speak. I know it doesn't really work on a podcast, not speaking, but I'm hoping there's no audio listeners for this one because you just need to see the photo. Him and his dad embracing brilliant stuff. He's always... Um, got a lot of things nice things to say to his dad and he's always been a real sort of pillar of support for his whole career yeah um, i saw he was also facetiming his dad was facetiming his mum, showing him the emotion mm. as well which was great so yeah it's a family family effort and you need a strong team behind you to have all these successes and he always talks about his team and the importance of his everyone in the backroom staff yeah and possibly the only person more tanned than Rafael Nadal as well. So that's an interesting thing from the picture. <laughs> look, look at yeah. this. He looks even... <laughs> I thought Rafa, no one could get uh, more tanned, but apparently his dad has proved him wrong. Yeah. Uh, so that's quite... It's such a lovely picture as well. Yeah. I, thought, I, I absolutely love like these parts of Grand Slams, like when you get to see some of these photos that get taken. We saw it uh at one of the the last ones when we saw like Djokovic embracing with his kids yeah. in the crowd that was like the Djokovic one at Wimbledon I, I thought was quite emotional yeah I, I mean, liked Iga Savontek when she won Roland Garros the first time that was pretty cool yeah. had me a, a lot of goosebumps 
Uh, yeah. And we've got another stat. I know people are sending stats in. I do love a good stat. Yeah. And uh, who her here with a super chat. Thanks, mate. Uh, saying Nadal, the second player in the open era to do a career Grand Slam at least twice after Djokovic. Wow. So only him and Djokovic now won all the slams twice. I saw, listen, there's love been that. a few butthurt uh, Djokovic fans. And I think you just got to understand and appreciate greatness when, when you see it. Uh, I don't like that. As much as people say, oh, you always go against Djokovic, you go against Federer. Um, once, if they do something great, I do. I always do um, congratulate them and have good good things to say. Look, look at last year, Djokovic, best player in, on the tour. He almost won the Calendar Slam after the US Open. All I could do was really congratulate him for a brilliant year and by far the most impressive player and the best player in the in the world last year. He was so so good. Um, Medvedev ended very strong and he's sort of coming to his own this year as well. But you've got to just put your hands up. If you're a Djokovic fan, say, you know what? Rafa played incredible. Fair play to him. And I've just seen so many people like tweeting out all these different stats and these Djokovic fans saying it doesn't count and it's an asterisk slam. Just go cry somewhere else, man. I can't be well, dealing with it. Unless Djokovic himself it's says disrespectful it. disrespectful to me. Like, I don't think that... I think if you're, if you're a big fan of Djokovic, then you'll follow everything that Djokovic says, surely. And if Djokovic himself doesn't say it, then I don't think... You've Mate, the they've right been they've say. been extremely salty. A lot of people, not yeah, everyone, for the is. record, but quite a few. Yeah, I know. But this was was Wimbledon last year an asterisk slam. Rafa didn't play that. Like this is what I mean. Like how many how far are we going to go back and say asterisk asterisk? I think people have to still win two weeks worth of tennis when they're at a Grand Slam, and anybody who does that is a legitimate champion of a Grand Slam. Doesn't yeah. matter who it is. Dominic Team, he's still a legitimate Grand Slam champion for me. He still had to win two uh, weeks of tennis to be able to claim his title. He won from two sets to love down as well in a Grand Slam yeah. final. I think he's well-deserved of it too. But people wondering why back. we're bringing up that Dominic team final because it was behind closed doors, just for the record. Uh, we've yeah, got Fifi here with a super chat. And imagine how many Grand Slams Nadal could have added after all of his injuries. Did he miss at least seven Grand Slams? At yeah, the age of 35, Nadal completed his legacy. Yeah, I mean... Even if it was the last one he ever won, I think he could, he could retire happy like now, and it would just be like incredible. Like he's completed the completed it. That's it. Like, but I think you know he won't. <laughs> That's it. He's well, we don't want him going. to. Obviously. No, obviously he's never going to keep playing. So, well, he said as long I as he's got. I'm going to see you at this train open next year. He says, I hope, I hope. <laughs> so let's wait as... and see with that. But on the injuries, we know he's had injuries worse than a lot of other players. But we can't really use it as too much of an excuse. I know I always go to that well a lot of times, especially when Ben winds me up. But you've just got to understand what he's been able to do with 21 is a remarkable achievement. There's no God-given right that if he wouldn't have been injured and then once he lost, he would have won. So you, we can't never really prove that. As much as you had said he was the favourite, he was playing great up until that point, we don't necessarily know he would have won anyway. I think personally he would have given it a good shot and had a better chance. We know that. He's still done what he's done. And if you're looking at the Grand Slam records in terms of percentages, he's now, what's it? He's won 21 Grand Slams after renting in 63 Grand Slams, which is a one in three strike rate. Pretty, um, pretty, pretty <laughs> outstanding. I think it is, it's got to be the best, surely. I don't think Djokovic yeah, yeah, and, is the best, and Federer yeah. has, have that. Uh, we've got Gary saying, hi hey guys, one thing for sure, if we all put down our swords over the GOAT debate for a moment, the events in Australia just made it all a little bit more fascinating. Rafa is back and Novak will be too. We know Gary, Gary is a big Novak fan. And this is sort of echoing some of the thoughts you were saying off stream to me earlier today, Ben, regarding the GOAT debate and how you would rather judge it when they all retire. 
Is that right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think that there's no like everyone has to agree on how you're going to judge it first, which I don't think ever anyone will actually agree on anyway. So at least if everybody uh, waits until they retire and then they can decide upon all the stats, all the statistics, once everybody's finished their career, and then you can say this person I believe is or isn't. Uh, but until then, they're all still playing. Like you can say, oh, the greatest of all time. But if, if Djokovic goes on and wins another like 10 grand slams, he's the best. But if Rafa goes on and wins the calendar year slam, is he the best? Or like, they don't know. Like there's all these variables. You can't say, uh, here nor here nor there at the moment. I think just appreciate the fact we've got some of the most ridiculous sports people that the world has ever seen in the whole history of the planet playing at the same time. And we're going to possibly now have one of the best Roland Garros's we've ever seen. Djokovic is going to be gonna coming be back. There. We're going to be, gonna there, be there, there, And you could be too because you've got two hours to two enter hours. our giveaway until... We're going to be announcing the winner. I think I think we're going to be doing it tonight. We'll be doing it tomorrow, most likely. We need to prepare for that and edit a little button or whatever. But make sure you enter. You've got a chance to win two Roland Garros tickets. All you have to do, subscribe to Game to Love and enter the giveaway using the link in the description. I don't think it's in the live chat, but I'll pop one in there. Um, you can enter that. Plenty of ways to enter. And this is honestly going to be the last time we ever press this button. So don't worry, everyone <laughs> who's heard it a million times like me and Ben. <laughs> This time we're bringing you a giveaway, Roland Garros 2022. We have two grand public tickets going on offer and you can be part of it. Make sure you are subscribed to Game to Love. And secondly, follow the link to find out all of the ways you can enter. They include following us on Spotify, following on Twitter, joining the Patreon. That's another one where you get a few entries. Four days at Roland Garros. That could be the final, the semi-final, the quarter-final. To clarify, that is two tickets for four days at Roland Garros, seeing the very best tennis talent. Yes, yeah, so make sure that you get your entries in by the 31st of January 2022. And good luck. May the best man or woman win. And hopefully we get to see you out in Paris very soon. Exciting. <laughs> Oliver Tone, last time we hear the giveaway video, oh. I think he's relieved. I am as well because oh. I'm sick of hearing my voice on it. Um, we've got uh, Millerad asking a good question. Guys, you still haven't touched on how you both fought the down tires in a five set match. He yep. did it yesterday. That was, yeah. I, I, can't, I can't explain it. I don't know well, if Ben can. I don't know how to physically explain everything we said in the build up to the match. I understand why I said it. And I think. Yep. Pretty much everyone was echoing the same the same things we were saying. We we believed he would tire in a fifth set. All he had to do was look back at the Shapovalov one. He was yeah. tiring in the third set. Yeah, I know. That's the crazy thing about it is that it's almost like was it just the heat stroke? We don't know. Like was that the reason that he was playing the way he was playing that day because it was so hot? Because he couldn't handle. Maybe it was it. just the conditions of the day, and it was yeah. just a one-off blip. But it's it's. I've not seen anything really since post-COVID. We saw him against Djokovic as well at Roland Garros. He couldn't handle the endurance of that physical battle. Obviously, his foot was playing up as well. Yeah. But every single part of me thought, the longer this goes on, the more it's going to favour Medvedev. How wrong was yeah. we? Oh, I think in this situation, all I can do is put my hands up and say I was wrong. Yeah. I was simply wrong. 
Totally right. Uh, you're totally right. And I'm we're happy both to be wrong, wrong as well. <laughs> we're both I've, never, wrong. I've never been as happy to be wrong in my life. Even during the match, I was like, well, we all know that if this goes into a fifth, it's going to favour Medvedev. Well, it looked like he was the one, only one getting massaged. And the one, he even said it in his post-match press conference. He's like, I was starting to feel pretty tired in that fifth set. So Rafa somehow, just just the mental mental edge, I guess, yep. just got him through. Right, I'm going to keep going 12, through 12, 21, just saying Djokovic, 20 out of 66. Pretty so, yeah, good. It's, not, it's pretty <laughs> impressive as well, but not quite Rafael Nadal. Not... <laughs> <laughs> How many times are you going to hear it? No, I'm just... But, listen, he's not got many records, Rafa, so let's give him the odd one. Maybe we'll bring up the Olympics as well. He's won the Olympics. Add that to the debate. Oh, no. Here we go. <laughs> Have you noticed I've not said anything about World Tour Finals? No, no I know. Doesn't like his indoor hard, does he, much? <laughs> right, here we go. So this one, just telling us the actual uh, time stamp of the uh, the final five hours, 24 minutes. I didn't envisage it going five hours, 24 minutes. I'm going to be honest with you. I thought maybe four hours, maybe, maybe even four and a smidge, four and a half, five hours, 24 minutes. I don't even think I'd realize what was going on by the time finished. It was nearly like getting dark here. Like I've been up since on the stream since half seven in the morning. And then it was like nearly nighttime by the time it finished. <laughs> what was going on? <laughs> I know we just, the whole day was just consumed, but it's not a bad one to be consumed by. Oh, it was amazing. Um, it's even after it finished, I just couldn't really switch off. I had so many people messaging me and asking me about it and what I thought. And I didn't really know what I thought because it wasn't extremely emotional. It was a real roller coaster of emotions. And um, I'm just so happy he was able to close it out. Another question I was asked is, at what point did you think Rafa was going to win? There was the point. Two, two. Was, no, no. The, at what point did I think Rafa was going to win the match? It was honestly after the match was done. There was not one single championship point where I thought this is going to be the one he wins it. I thought Medvedev is always dangerous. And we saw Rafa serving for the match. He got broken. How about that for drama? Like, it didn't even end. Uh, it wasn't even straightforward at the end. He was serving for the match and got broken and everyone's then saying oh is it going to be tire break is Rafa going to get broken again <laughs> it no. was just but that we an should... absolute shambles we I missed didn't a... know what was going on well we missed the button didn't we at the end he finished on a game to love so uh <laughs> that was the way it should have ended game to love should have been the way it should have ended press it now if you like we can have it uh as we missed it from the final the last the, the <laughs> last of the last button missing from the final well, here we go then. It's the game to love we missed in the final. Oh, I feel better now. We do often. <laughs> <laughs> I feel a bit better. No, but it's crazy because that out of all the things and all the headlines and the amount of times we celebrate game to loves on game to love, we missed the game to love on the final thing because <laughs> it was just so. Yeah, but I don't think it was that drunk. important, Ben. Man, I, know, I don't know why so you. Much... I think you've become too uh, obsessed with the with the game to love buttons. Well, our channel's called Game to Love. Can't help but be <laughs> obsessed with it. I'm, just, I'm surprised no one pointed it out to us. They're normally yeah. so good. Another great stat: Jamie Drummer in again, saying the biggest gap between winning individual Slam events first time and second time thirteen years. Mm. Amazing, isn't it? Wow, that I mean. I still thought it was. I think crazy. it's more than thirteen years. No, it's th- well, it's two thousand nine, so thirteen. 
I that was the really one. longer. No. Okay. 2009 to, to 2020. It just okay, sounds cool. weird that you say 2009, single digit, and then 2022. Just sounds very crazy that it's that far in the future that he's won it again. And there's or been all the... You... No, but I'm talking... I, I thought you meant... Um... Oh, sorry. I understand what you're saying now. From Grand Slam to Grand Slam. Yeah. 2009 yeah, yeah. to 2022. Yeah, yeah. Uh, amazing. I mean, that's that statistic alone is just ridiculous. But, uh, yeah. let me... The one I was thinking of is the fact that it is now 17 years since he won his first Grand Slam at Roland Garros, 2005 to 2022. I mean, 2005, I'm not going to give my age away too much, but I wasn't really too involved in tennis at all. I used yeah. to obviously watch a little bit here and there. I'm sure I knew who he was, but I don't know. It's just a different generation. He seems to have still be, he's still doing stuff. When he's, there's no right for him to be doing it now. How, how crazy. Because I, I was going down and looking back through all of these amazing comebacks from uh, Two Sets to Love Down, I was just trying to, to have a bit of nostalgia. This one, mate, you, you'll, you'll be think this is crazy as well. In a Miami Masters final in 2005, back then it was five sets for the final. And Roger came back from two sets of love down against Rafa and beat him in five in the yeah. Miami Masters final. So there's just so many epic. And that thing, that, that's 2005 as well. We're going back. Keep going back, 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 back. We've had 2009. Go back further. Won't stop, oh. will it, these guys? It's just so crazy. And don't get me wrong. I feel like I don't know what tennis is like without Rafa. So for me, when he does eventually retire, I am going to be a bit of a lost soul. I can't imagine watching a tennis season and not seeing him. Yeah, it's, it's going to be crazy. Uh, well, we're going to have to get used to the potential of Roger Federer suddenly departing at some point because his days are sort of numbered. I think he even knows that. He's only got a, a few tournaments a year right now. Uh, and well, I'd say that Nadal Djokovic have got more, more gas in the tank, that's for sure, at least a, a few more years on the tour. But... When they're, when they're gone, we're hoping that there's going to be a nice overlap where we get the likes of a Carlos Alcaraz or yep. people like that coming through who take up the mantle. I don't want to just see it go like, oh, they fizzle out and then there's no one there who really wants to like take it on. I want to see that next generation go, right, I'm going to take one, two, maybe be by the time they retire, I want to see somebody have taken like three grand slams and have a nice little run going. And, like, and you think, oh, we're in good hands now. Like somebody's going to take it on and they're going to be the next one to push the narrative and then the, the next big rivalry, potentially. Well, I'm glad you mentioned this because it's a nice segue onto the next thing we can talk about, and that's Daniel Medvedev. I don't yeah. know if you've got the story of him um, after the match. If you've got a tweet to share that, that would be uh, awesome. I'll, I'll have a look, see if I can find one. one if not, I can send you it. But the yeah, story on, he bye. sent was about his dream. Um, I forget exactly what it was called. It was the dream... The Kid Stop Dreaming, story yes. by Daniel Medvedev. Yeah, yeah, I listened you to have it. it. I know, I, well, I listened to the uh, to the press conference when he told the story. It's quite sad, to be honest. I'm not going to lie. I, I was a little bit... It made me feel a little bit, uh, I don't know, deflated. Like, thinking that he's some, such an amazing tennis player. And to be coming out of a slam final feeling like this, just based upon how the crowd reacted to him. I don't think that's... Well, here's some quotes from it anyway. So he said, I'm not sure after 30 years I'm going to want to play tennis. Uh, the kid was dreaming, isn't dreaming, 
any more in me after today. Of course, it's a long, long story, so we're not going to go through all of it. He was also talking about the fact that a lot of people always come up to him and saying, you're the next gen. You're the guy we want to see. Uh, go and beat the big three. Um, we, we, we can't wait for you to be able to do this. But yet, he's never seen anyone cheer for him in a, in a final or in a Grand Slam. It's always against the opposition. He spoke about his nationality as well, about being Russian and how that is, how that, how that feels. He feels like everyone's against him. And I understand what you mean. It is very sad. The one thing I would say on the other side of it all, though, is I think he's got to understand what was happening here and take a bit of a not a so self-obsessed uh, a, a, um, viewpoint from the whole thing. You've got to understand Rafael Nadal is going for the 21st Grand Slam and he's someone who's an extremely popular player. I don't think it's necessarily against him. No. It's more the fact that everyone's just supporting Rafa. He yeah. shouldn't take so much offence and personal uh, personally to him because I don't think it is really necessarily about that. No, and I, I feel like he no. will have his time. Ultimately, he keeps playing the tennis he's going to have. He's going to be one day admired by, like a Rafael Nadal. And he's going to be one where everyone's cheering against probably some new kid on the block. Well, he, everybody has the same problem when they play Federer at Wimbledon and that type of thing. It's the same, it's the same difference. Did that affect Djokovic when he played him in the Wimbledon final? No. Still beat Federer. Like that type of thing. You have to just overcome that adversity. Djokovic yep. is probably one of the best players. He's, he he knows what he's up against when he goes out there against the crowd. And he just he he knows he gets their respect after after winning in the face of adversity even more so than when they're cheering him. So he just keeps on plugging away and he earns the respect and he does get the cheers eventually. That's what you gotta do. Medvedev was saying he might he may not play Roland Garros, he may not play Wimbledon. Um, if there's an event in Moscow, which is just before, he's going to select that over yeah. there because he's got Russian fans there, people who support him and who are behind him. You've got to remember, like and this is a really good comment as well, because I was going to talk about this. The French crowd always cheered for Federer in Paris. Did that stop Nadal from winning? No. I remember Rafa a lot of times at Roland Garros at the start. He was booed. He wasn't supported at all. I can guarantee you now on Philippe Chatteret, that's not the <laughs> game. But yeah, well... everyone starts somewhere. And I feel he is sort of at the stage now where he's, what won one Grand Slam. He's starting out in his career of becoming a real great champion. I understand what he means with the disrespect, like all the uh, shouting on his points and stuff. Yeah. It doesn't That's, frustrate me. Yeah. I do feel like the Australian crowd sometimes can be a bit... They got kicked to, out. I, I don't pick my words, but they are a bit disrespectful and not so nice. They're just a bit, a bit leery and over the top. You would never see something like that at Wimbledon, would you? No, no, they would not allow it. You would just be ejected. Yeah. I think some of the people are just a little bit uh, more respectful because it's it's seen as one of those tournaments. But I go back to what Medvedev said in one of his earlier matches in the tournament, uh, obviously when he was down two sets to love against Felix. And he said, uh, oh, how did you get through that? And he said, oh, I asked myself, what would no Novak do? Well, think about the same comment should be used or the same thought process should be used when you're in this Grand Slam final, then what would Novak do? Because Novak wouldn't come to the press conference and talk like this. That's for sure. What would Novak do? Novak would come to the press conference, be very uh, complimentary and say, I'm going to get him at the next slam. I'm going to be at the next slam and I'll be at every slam until I beat the damn guy. That's the attitude. Adrian sums it up perfectly. He needs to understand that Dow was making history and is very well respected. It's not personal to Medvedev. One thing what I don't tolerate, I understand, I like this story. I think a lot of it is in the in despite of the fact that he's lost and he's a bit hurt. I don't think he takes losses very well generally. And probably a lot of these things about him not playing Grand Slams and 
not ever going to retire from tennis or something. That's a load of, I think he's over-exaggerated things, if I'm honest. And after a few weeks, it's a tough loss to take. He's going to bounce back and be back winning Grand Slams and playing at the top again. Um, Hope so. But Sorry, what was the, the one thing he did do I didn't like? Meg's bringing it up here. He was captured on the camera when, I forget who was talking, there was that lady talking. Do you remember before? Yeah. Do you know what yes. she was? The, um, oh, I don't know. I don't know who she was. I'm, but I, I someone let mean. me know who she was exactly. But he was mouthing, boring, boring, as she's talking. I thought that, for me, was a bit a bit not very nice. The crowd were all ch- cheering and supporting Medvedev. The words she was saying about him was really nice and genuine. It didn't feel like they were just palming him off as a, as a runner-up, giving him no. the play and saying anything. They were they were giving him the respect he deserves, and yet he stood there and was disrespectful, just saying boring and stuff. And that just that, that really sucked. I didn't like that at all. That was the Tennis Australia chief. Cheers, cheers, John. Yeah. So yeah, I don't, I don't like that type of thing. Like you said, it's like some people have different ways of coping in these uh, situations. He seems to laugh off a lot of the situations, but I think it's masking over. Like uh, inside, he was obviously hurting a bit. And he just wanted to get off the court. And that was his coping mechanism at the time, by the looks of it. And he's he's come out and he's admitted his wrongdoing. Maybe he'll do the same again on this this thing. He'll take a bit of time to reflect and think, oh, what was I doing again? I probably messed up again. But I don't think I we think, can beat him up too much. No, I mean, cut he, the guy he, he just lost. And he's, after playing five hours, however long, as he's well. put in front of a camera and forced to ask questions about how he lost. It's never gonna. You're never gonna get a great answer, and I'd hate to think some of the things I would say in that moment. He'll be back. Um, he'll be back, and he'll be winning a, a Grand Slam again. That's for sure. Cheers for the super chat, Vanch. He's cheers, saying Vance. a win is a win, a big win, but it's hard to ignore that Novak wasn't allowed to play. Different than Roller Garros 2020, where he faced Rafa, nor did he lose or get injured. Med's comment shows how strong Novak is. So the let me just talk about the last thing he said there. I agree. Med's comments do show how Novak, how strong Novak is, yeah. because he has had to go through all of this adversity and yet still win titles. Some people say, "Oh, that, that, that means them, they're worth a little bit more." He's able to do it in the face of adversity and win against crowds. And I put, I listen, I say, fair play. You've got to respect Novak Djokovic for his attitude and his competitive spirit as well. He's another one on the court. He fights to the end. He fights against the crowd. And he plays in real pressure moments. He's a mental giant. The first comment, though, saying about it's hard to hard to ignore that Novak wasn't allowed to play. Novak was Novak was able to play. All he had to do was get vaccinated. That was the rules before the, the, the event. I don't want to get into all of this, but if Novak really wanted to play, he would have been vaccinated. If he doesn't want to be vaccinated, then he was never going to be able to play. I know Tennis Australia and all the other mess-ups and everything what happened, and he was given some false hope to show there. I agree, that's terribly wrong. And it is a bit of a political play. But ultimately, if he really, really wanted to play, he would have probably put away all of his other personal um, uh, beliefs regarding the vaccine and just played. Quite possible. Uh, I don't really want to go into... It's quite possible. It's the truth. If if he wanted to play, he could have played. I don't really want to go into the whole Novak Djokovic saga again, to be honest. I mean, because we know that he eventually, his medical exemption got accepted and then he just kicked him out anyway. So I don't really want to go down this because it's just going to open up a can of worms again and everyone's going to be talking. We're here to talk about Rafa and the Dow's achievements. 
not ah, here we're, to talk Manchester about. sent a super chat in asking about it, so it's only fair well, to yeah, address no, it. I, I, I've just addressed it before that. I said, yeah, Novak, do what Novak would do. That's what I said. If he, if he took that same advice he took from that match against Felix and took it into that match against uh, Nadal and the press conference, because it's not just do what Novak would do in the match, do what Novak would do in the press conference as well. Novak wouldn't come out and talk like this at a press conference. Novak would be looking forward to Roland Garros or Wimbledon and saying, I'm targeting them as my next Grand Slam victory. Not, I'm going to boycott them and I'm going to go and play in Russia. That sounds bizarre. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to the next one. So, uh, apologies. Here we go. Here we go. Roland Garros. This is the next one on the horizon. Should we press that button again? No, we're not. Uh, <laughs> Nadal going for 22. Djokovic may be back. Surely Sissipas will have a lot to say. And the one guy nobody's talking about yet has been the most successful against the big three in recent years, Dominic Team. Of course, this tweet was written before Dominic <laughs> Team just pulled out of Cordoba with yeah. yet another injury. But from the looks of it, it doesn't seem too severe. Uh, just something to do with his knuckles. Um, and he will be back very soon. But yeah, great tweet. I really like this one. Roland Garros is, is set to be a blockbuster. We know we're not going to be seeing Federer there. Djokovic... I'm not sure, 50-50 for me, that he's going to be there. Sister Pass plays very well on the clay, and he's already shown to me um, Australian Open. Another one we, we can't sleep on. I thought we had a really impressive Australian Open. Everyone was writing him off, yep. and he played, he played very well. That's some great stuff. Um, it was a good match against Medvedev. Getting Sister closer. Pass, getting extremely close. Don't write him off, Roland Garros. He's going to be right up there, one of the favourites, for sure. Uh, got all the way to the final last year, two sets up, and then lost. And Dominic Team, if he can sort of sort out this next injury he's got, then that'll be awesome. You never know. You might even see Del Potro because I heard he's on his way back. Yeah, indeed, Matt. I think that's one of the last tweets that's coming up, uh, to be honest. Uh, oh, what was this one? This one's uh, a tired but overjoyed uh, Rafa. Uh, this is an interview. I don't think we're going to watch this now. Nah, I think Just pause it on long. the top, though, Ben, because I think I was going to buy you one if you want one. Just for What's the that? stream. Now you've joined the Raf fans. Mm. Oh, I was thinking maybe you could get one of these t-shirts for the 21. It's quite a nice t-shirt, isn't it? Clever. It is clever. I know you like your graphic <laughs> design. <laughs> Why not? Do you reckon he, do you reckon he uh, designed no, that himself? Definitely not. <laughs> and the question is, did he have that made up before the match? Is that not a bit of a bad omen? If so? Yeah, but you've got to with these <laughs> Had a things. whole like, box of like t-shirts with 21 on, and he was like, oh, no. When are we going to get them? Maybe he had them out from uh, a while ago. He was like, oh, I haven't been able to unbox them yet. You've no, got uh, yeah. Gary and saying, best event of the year could be Wimbledon. Maybe the last time the big three will be, will be together. Yeah, I predict it is going to be the last time we see all of them together. I think Federer is going to try and make a... It's going to be sort of a, a farewell uh, event for me, for Federer. It'll Little be bit. great. It'll be another really emotional one, Ben. Let's be honest. Well, uh, how amazing would it be as well, the fact that now, because Federer is dropping down the rankings, potentially... I'm not sure what, what ranking he's going to fall sort of come Wimbledon. But it, it is possible he Scary. gets drawn against, say, Djokovic first round. We could get a Djokovic-Federer first round of Wimbledon. And I'm, well, I'm assuming that one will be on the centre court. Maybe. I don't think that one's on court two. No, I don't or think that one. Are. Yeah, court one, yeah, for sure. They'll be sliding all over the place. Yeah, we might get uh, Andy Murray-Roger Federer first round. Who knows? You never know. <laughs> two, two wild cards just go up against each other. Who knows? Right, move through. Oh, yeah, there's the news. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. So Juan Martin Del Potro confirmed for Buenos Aires and Rio de Janeiro. 
listen, we've got to end with some positive stuff. Um, this is just the, the greatest of news. I think everyone brings everyone together. Whether you're a Djokovic fan, a Rafa fan, Andy Murray fan, Radu Kani fan like Ben, everyone likes Juan Martin Del Potro. Yeah, they do. He's just one of the biggest legends, one of the only players who can actually uh, wipe the court with a few of these big three players. If he's playing his top tennis, it's a scary prospect. Hits the ball harder than anybody I've ever seen on a tennis court. Uh, I hope he can come back and he can still have some good movement. He can still have some big shots and he can give us some big performances. I think the crowds would be packed for him as well. Yep. Andrew here, one of our new members, saying, I just joined you with this Australian Open. Are you going to comment on the next tournament, not Grand Slam? Yes, we'll be doing a few draw previews after this one. The tennis has kicked off in Montpellier, Pune and Cordoba. We're going to be doing draw previews for all of them, so make sure to join us as soon as this one finishes in the in another stream. We've already done the brackets because they've, they've already started. Uh, we're just going to take you through our picks and our thoughts on them events. So don't go anywhere. Yes, the last uh, last one on here. Oh, this was... <laughs> I don't know if you wanted to touch on this one first and then I'll go to something a bit more light-hearted afterwards. Yeah, this is probably not the best way to end. I don't know why this one's right at the end. This probably fits nicely with the Djokovic stuff. But this is one of the, the prime examples of the saltiness. Djokovic comes out, congratulates Rafa. Fair play. Respect. Damien Zmer, some kind of childish thing from him. I don't think many people can defend it, but this is what he said. Let's just go to what he said because I don't want to read the top. Anyone can win a Grand Slam without Novak competing and go down. Still the GOAT, Joker. Well, let's go to the top bit, Ben, because if anyone could know, if anyone can win a Grand Slam without Novak competing, what were you doing then? Because you entered the Grand Slam <laughs> and you went out to Pablo Andahar and you got battered by Pablo Andahar. I think there was a few free breadsticks in there. So listen, you're just a complete embarrassment, mate. And I'll, he's on my blacklist. I don't think I can ever support this guy ever again. Because I don't know what's wrong with him. Just can't I just can't stand people who are like this. Just such a sore loser. So if the Conor McGregor was there, who be even like, is he? He's not even a good tennis player. <laughs> That's what I mean. Conor McGregor would be like, who the f is that guy? <laughs> that comment fits. This is a professional well. tennis player. Like, just get a grip, man. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I don't want to like. Uh... Now, what do you have to say about Damien Are You a big fan right. of him? I don't I'm not really. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. He's obviously, he's trying to have a joke, but there's obviously an element of him just wanting to be a big Novak fan in there as well, which uh don't know. I don't really, I'm not going to even really take anything he says. I don't even, I, I feel bad we've given him a platform, to be honest. <laughs> he's probably, this has probably got more views than his uh, Instagram. So let's take it. <laughs> let's take that off. Let's not promote in a damn negative thoughts. There's no need. And let's end with some positivity because I know that we would love to Anyone. see something. Huh? No, sorry. Well, I'm just I'm still, I'm still not recovered. Anyone can win it, but he Any, can't. I didn't need any, win it one then. Well, let's go to something more positive. And there were some people celebrating Rafael Nadal. There was a lot of emotion, but then there was this one celebration that started trending of somebody who looks even more emotional than jg and myself and it was uh this guy here he seems to have uh i'm not sure find me a bigger rafael nadal fan uh for the the winning moment so i'll turn the volume up so you can hear it as well (laughs) 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 
Jesus. I mean, it's a great video. I, mean. I feel like people don't know my general celebrations because they always see me on a stream. But usually, if I was watching Rafa and he wins, I remember a few Roland Garros's he's won. My go-to celebration, it's always in the same room of the house, I remember. I get up and I run around. I'm not someone who stands still like he does there. Um, yeah. I just I would just like dart around, just like running, just with pure excitement and joy. But yeah, that's a very uh, <laughs> well, it's expensive one. If you've got an expensive T-shirt, on. yeah, hopefully it hopefully was one of his cheap, cheap one, one of his worst ones. Uh, I think the most that I've gone with uh, celebrations at, at home would be punching a sofa with joy to the point where it's just a pulverized. I don't know. It was just I remember doing that. I think the last time was probably. Oh, that, this shows how old I am. When United won the Champions League uh, in '99, I think I went absolutely stir crazy with that one. That was ridiculous. That was almost like a Rafa that Rafa win. It was so unthought of that it was going to happen. But yeah, yeah, hard uh, to control. Who her here saying enjoy the big three while they're still playing? We'll never see the likes of them again. They're special, definitely. Vance saying, JG, I saw the same comments when Novak won, Roland Garros 2016. Listen, I agree. I, I've yeah. seen them as well when when um, you get sort of Federer fans and, and Nadal fans coming out saying disrespectful things. There's no place for that either. I'd call it out just the same. I don't understand why people feel the need to have to put someone down just because they've achieved something great. Just respect everyone for their own regard. It's all right to have your favourites. Obviously, everyone knows who mine is. It doesn't mean you don't you disrespect everyone. I think Damien Zmer, um, idiot. Yeah, well, Meg's Carpentry, want to say an absolutely massive thank you to you. You've sent us a donation off stream. Uh, I can't say thanks enough. Uh, that's a huge donation as well. That just means the world. What? A, yeah. How generous are you? I mean, you're already at the top of the Australian Open top tippers. Uh, and I think you've sealed it. I think you are the champion of the Australian Open top tippers. And yeah. uh, we can't say thanks enough. Really do appreciate everybody yeah. who uh, sends in their donations. It, it really does help the channel grow. And obviously, as you know, myself and JG, our laptops are pretty much at the end of their life right now. So this yeah. will all be going back into the channel to help us create more content for you guys. Yeah. I mean, uh, the Australian Open's actually burnt out my laptop completely. So I will have to be buying one uh, extremely soon. <laughs> so I appreciate that a lot, Meg. Means the world. So, well, Joji, if you want to end on a positive, uh, some positive stuff, here you go. Here's the donation. Um, and through PayPal, so YouTube don't get the 30%. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> wink, wink. Absolutely. Yeah, any any off stream tips you really do appreciate. So, cheers, everyone who does that. Definitely. Well, uh, Rafa Song going to be coming soon i need to uh go away and work on that probably tomorrow i don't think it's going to be time tonight but tomorrow i'll try and work on that for you guys and then hopefully with the help of dylan uh, another guy you've seen in the live chat that'll be coming to you hopefully this week so stay tuned stay tuned to the channel and join us for the draw previews that are coming up next yeah i mean is that it i'm just i'm so sad i feel like we could do another hour ben on this I've got loads of other tweets if you fancy it. I, I could talk about Rafa all day. Um, we we'll do part two just, if you want I was just going to count up the Rafa <laughs> just to make sure because I was hoping we had 21 on screen, but we don't. One, two, three, Should have done that. Oh, Should have oh, told 14. me. 
14 rappers. That's a, that's a roll on Garros's. Yeah, let's just roll on Garros. Long time ago now. Um, but yeah, we'll leave on that note. Cheers, everyone who joined us. Rafael Nadal has won 21 Grand Slams, two Australian Opens. Just incredible. Uh, one more, there's one more matches now on hardcore as well, just flying for it. Um, listen, nothing left to say. Make sure you like and subscribe. Enter the giveaway as well. Uh, that's going to be expiring in one hour, 20 minutes. See you on the next podcast very, very soon. See you then, guys. Cheers, guys. I'm going to just jump straight to it then. I well, think Rafael Nadal is going to win this year's Australian Open. It's going to be Daniel Medvedev. I think he, he came close last year. He won the US Open on hard court. And that's what I think. I think Daniel Medvedev turned the corner in Grand Slams now. I don't know how he's going to beat Medvedev in that final, but I'm going to be cheering him on. If he's there, I want to be full guns blazing supporting him. But let's go, Rafael. Let's get 21. Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.